This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, March 4, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. The Obama administration has pledged to make spending on wars in Afghanistan and Iraq more transparent. But has the public ever really taken a good look at the true cost of American foreign policy? Christopher Preble, Director of Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, comments. President Obama has made it very clear that he wants to take what previously had been hidden within supplementals in the war in, wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and bring them essentially on budget. He's also pledged that flag-draped coffins returning from war will not be hidden from the public's view. Those two sort of dovetail together in terms of the costs of, of war. Right. I mean, our our policymakers have been engaged for some time in a series of different sleight-of-hand tricks to conceal the costs of our foreign policies, of which the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan are just a part. Um, interestingly, as the casualties shift from the war in Iraq, which has always has been for some time quite unpopular, to the war in Afghanistan, which remains popular despite the rising costs, um, there is perhaps less concern that seeing the the people coming home who haven't paid the, the great the the supreme sacrifice um, that that will not turn public opinion against the war by the same token uh, the the notion of folding in the costs of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan into the Pentagon budget and being a bit more transparent about it perhaps that also reflects uh, an expectation that those costs will not drive the public to not support those wars again especially the war in in Afghanistan. The public presumes that by ending combat operations in Iraq, right. that the costs of that war are going to decline precipitously. Are right. they going to? Well, the cost paid in lives lost has come down quite considerably over the past year, uh, a function of a lot of things, including the, the new tactics employed by the U.S. military in Iraq, but also the cooperation of the Iraqi people and greater uh, uh, burdens being taken on by the Iraqi government itself and the Iraqi security forces. Again, by the same token, uh, uh, casualties in Afghanistan are, are rising. But of course, casualties are only one aspect of the costs of the wars. And uh, the costs of maintaining a U.S. presence in Iraq for uh, through the end of 2011 to almost three years from now uh, will will continue to be quite substantial. Uh, we're spending on the order of 10 to $12 billion in Iraq and Afghanistan combined each month. And some of those costs will come down as the size of the U.S. military presence in Iraq is reduced. That process won't really begin in earnest until after the, after, uh, the start of 2010, when the, when fairly substantial reductions will occur. At the same time, you do have a modest increase going on right now in Afghanistan. So the cost in terms of dollars are likely to continue and to be quite high. Uh, some critics have noted, however, that, that the president has, is claiming savings for uh, operations well in advance, 10 years from now, which in fairness, the Bush administration did not actually budget for, which is a little, um, a little strange. The Again, the, the broader point is about how popular is the, the United States foreign policy right now? How well does the public appreciate the costs of what we do around the world? 
how well do they understand that we, the United States, are bearing these costs on behalf of others, on behalf of other countries and on behalf of other people. One of the leading advocates for our current grand strategy, Michael Mandelbaum, published a book several years ago entitled The Case for Goliath, and he admitted quite candidly that our role in the world as the world's policeman, he calls us the world's government, our role in the world may depend in part on Americans not scrutinizing that role too closely. It was a very candid statement. I agree with him, but I think he and many others assume incorrectly that by some skillful public relations campaign or, again, by concealing the costs of our foreign policy, that leaders, both Republicans and Democrats, will be able to sustain this posture of being the world's government indefinitely. I think that's unsustainable. I think it's unrealistic. I also think it's fundamentally unfair. I think it's unfair for U.S. taxpayers to be on the hook for uh, defending others who really should be responsible and and are already capable of defending themselves. And yet, that is a posture that we've adopted for some time now. What do he and others essentially fear is going to be the results of the U.S. taxpayer getting a good hard look at the manner in which we're spending money and the results of of that spending? They assume that if the United States were to adopt a more normal posture that is most governments are responsible for the security of their own citizens and they take that responsibility very seriously, that if we were to assume uh, the same posture for ourselves to be focused primarily on defending ourselves and to expect that other countries would do the same, that it would be less stable today uh, in the future than it is today. The notion that that this kind of uh, providing for security would lead to arms races, regional arms races, and competition. Um, there's a flip side of that argument, which is fearful that other countries simply won't respond at all. It's kind of the two sides of the same coin, in effect. Uh, they either will or they won't, and, and defenders of our current posture as being the, the global government um, really fear uh, both. They fear both that other countries will do more for their own defense or that they won't do enough and that we will inevitably be drawn into uh, these conflicts long before uh, we otherwise would have to if we were adopting a more restrained foreign policy. I think this is a this is a very widespread point of view. It's endorsed by both Republicans and Democrats. But again, the public at large does not appreciate the extent to which our foreign policy and our military posture is dedicated to defending others and not truly to defending us. And again, I think I think Mandelbaum was quite wise in pointing out that he, if we were to scrutinize this very closely, it would be quite unpopular. So all of these issues, the costs of wars, the costs of our foreign policy writ large, the, the size of the U.S. military budget, which is roughly 48% of all uh, world spending, uh, glo- uh, military spending globally, uh, and and even smaller, more metaphorical uh, issues about the, the price and, and, and images of the ultimate sacrifice, these things are obscured from the public at large. And I think that is largely by design, by, by policymakers who are quite well aware of the fact that, that the public is not truly embracing of a, of a, po- a policy which, which where we bear the cost disproportionately and others are able to, to avoid those costs. How do we give the public that look? <laughs> uh, me. Uh, uh, <laughs> we, we give the public a, an accurate 
assessment of what our military is actually doing, where it is deployed, what its mission is, um, and try to highlight the fact that, again, the United States is in a, a quite advantageous strategic position. We are, we are blessed with reasonably stable and secure neighbors to the north and south. We haven't been invaded uh, since uh, you know, the War of 1812, and we, but we like to believe that we can only be secure as a country if everywhere in the world is secure at the same time, and a completely unrealistic expectation. But again, it engenders a kind of free-riding behavior that is endemic to all uh, st- strategic alliances or, or any any other country that tries to adopt a global hegemonic posture similar to what, for example, Great Britain assumed in the ni- in the 19th century. Of course, Great Britain's dominance, the scale of their dominance over any arrival, was not anything close to what the United States maintains. But again, the cost of us maintaining that uh, is quite large, and it really it will grow as more and more countries become more dependent upon us for their defense. Chris Preble is Director of Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute and author of the forthcoming The Power Problem, How American Military Dominance Makes Us Less Safe, Less Prosperous, and Less Free. You can read more of his work on the costs of the military at cato.org.